Time now for Side Notes presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Volume 15. You like how I do the volumes? It's like an old record kind of catalog, right? Volume 1, Volume 2. No. Craig is here. So this this conversation that I want to have with you stems from my trip to the bean pot. And it's the timing of this 32 thoughts, uh, thought number 30 from Elliot Friedman uh, the other day uh, is fascinating to me. Because as I, I was watching BU the other day against Boston College, game one of the bean pot, I'm watching Macklin Celebrini. And now he is undoubtedly going to be the number one pick overall. And that is not... Yep. Me saying that, that without me even watching him, I think that is the general consensus around the hockey world is that Macklin Celebrini is going to be the number one pick overall. And for those of you who don't know this, he is a Vancouver kid attending Boston University. So while I'm watching this, before I get to the 32 thoughts, Craig, while I'm watching this game and I'm watching Macklin Celebrini perform at a level in a game that is so massive with an, in an incredible environment, and in a historical tournament against its biggest rival, okay? On this stage, he goes out, scores two goals in the first period. And as I'm watching the BU crowd and the band and the fans and everybody go crazy over this, I, I had one thought go through my head. Macklin Celebrini is going to... Put an end, I to, I used the word destroy to you earlier, but put an end to junior hockey in Canada. Because at the NHL draft in June, everyone in Canada is going to see a kid from Vancouver who went all the way east, the furthest east you can go, to play at Boston University. Okay. And they're going to show him score the goal at the bean pot. They're going to show all the crowd and the, the atmosphere and the environment. And he's going number one overall out of there. And all these kids from Canada are going to now want to go and play college hockey. College hockey has slowly been taking a lot of the talent out of, out of Canada. I mean, look at Adam Fantilli, number two overall out of Michigan University, plays for Columbus. Owen Power went number one in the same draft from Toronto, Went to Michigan, number one overall, right? Yep. Yep. So my thought is, is that all these kids in Canada are going to want to go, because if you go play in the OHL and you go to training camp, you lose eligibility, right? For if you're there for, for, it used to be if you're there for more than 48 hours. Yep. The NCAA Division One. And the CHL, which is the WHL, the OHL, and the Quebec Major Junior, currently right now are trying to make a deal. The deal is that anybody who plays in the CHL, okay, anybody who stop is for 16, one sec, stop, stop. 17, 18, Four. 19, and 20, those players will be able to attend D1 college after their their stint in junior hockey that just came out after my thought that's what i'm saying to you that's why i said the timing of this is incredible because if this doesn't happen the chl is going to lose all of its top tier young no, players 
bullshit. No, they won't. Those kids from Ontario literally want to bleed to get into the OHL. That's what they play. They're in all those teams that play in the GTHL, the Toronto Greater, you know, Hockey League. It's the best youth hockey league in the world. Everybody's trying to get there so they can be drafted to the OHL. They want to play in the OHL. Canadian. Not when they see Celebrini. Play. Not when they see the draft this year, Craig. No way. Fantilli, all of it. It 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 all it depends on what you want. You have Quentin Musty. Quentin Musty was an absolute super stud here in the United States. He was unbelievable as a young man or a young kid playing youth hockey growing up here in Buffalo, playing for West Seneca and then coming to uh, um, the Junior Sabres. This young man played in Buffalo. Well, he went to the OHL. He's an American kid. He went to the OHL and was drafted first overall. So, no, you're wrong. And then he was drafted first round by the San Jose Sharks. I understand all that. But, but, but what I'm saying is a kid like Celebrini, who is going to go number one from out west, going to be you. I'm telling you right now, it's, it's going to create. Much more of a shift. You want to know why Celebrini went to the uh, the Division One? Why yes. do you think? Why do you think he went there? Tell me. How old is he? He's seventeen. Okay. Why did he go there? Tell the me OHL, why. the WHL, and the Quebec Major Junior are made up of 16, 17, 18, 19, and twenty year olds. Twenty year olds, I think you're only allowed two. Okay. So the league is very young. You go to D one. You're playing against kids that are the, if you're going there at 18 years old, you are elite of your age group. So you're playing against basically 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, and 25 year olds. You're playing against guys that are 25 years old. You're playing against men. They're not boys like you are in in the WHL where he'd have to, he would have been drafted to the WHL and he would have played against 16, 17, 18 and 19 year old players. He's like, screw this. I'm too good for this. I'm going to go to D1 and play against 20 year olds. And that's why he's there. He's exceptional. He is an outlier of his age group. You know how many, you know how many uh, Celebrinas there are? There's one. You know how many Connor Bedards there are? There's only one. You know how many Owen Powers and Yari Slavkoskis? They were there's only one of them. Slavkoski got drafted from Slovakia. Okay. He was 6'4, 240 as a 17-year-old kid. He's an outlier of the age group. Just like, you know. Connor Bedard chose to stay and he played in the WHL. He chose to go a different path than, than Celebrini and, and both paths are, are different and, and not one is better than the other. So I don't, I don't think for me that you're going to see an influx of players like Max Celebrini, because most of those players can't play D one. They're no, not but good what enough I'm saying to play is D1. If, if they don't do the, if they don't approve this 
I already feel, I already do feel like Canada or the uh, NCAA has been winning over the years over junior hockey. I really do believe that. And I, it doesn't bother me at all. It, it, it just, the reality of it is they have heavily, heavily put the cards in the NCAA's favor by having the USHL able to have kids go to NCAA. It's it, typically, it's the same as the OHL. It's the same exact same exact format as 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 any one of those teams. It's one league, yeah. right? The so USHL not- is very comparable to the OHL. Those leagues, the best league in the United States is the USHL. If you were to take the best team from the USHL to play against the best team from the OHL, you're going to be very they're going to be very comparable. The leagues are very comparable. Um but you're right. If you go to the OHL, you aren't allowed to play D1 hockey anymore. Which I you think cannot has been go bullshit to the, for years. Yeah. I think it's been but, complete. But what happens? What happens, Petey? If the NCAA and the CHL merge and, and come to an agreement to say, listen, any player that plays OHL, so 16, 17, 18, and 19, that's usually your OHL or WHL or Quebec Major Junior years. After you're done, those players can be plucked by D1 schools. Do you know how how good D1 is going to be? You're going to get kids that are playing at the highest levels at 16, 17, 18, and 19, and then they go to D1 and play from 20, 21, 22, and 23. If this deal gets done, it's going to, it's going to destroy, um, you know, tier two junior hockey. Cause what happens to all those American, uh, you know, the, the null, what happens to the the OJ, the, you know, all of these different junior leagues that are out there are going to become, I think, watered down because now you have D1 colleges are that are allowed to wait and pick up major junior kids. And you're looking at a hundred, you're looking at a hundred teams that they didn't have access. That's a hundred times 20 kids. going to make up i mean all the players that aren't doing that it's going to destroy their hopes and dreams of getting a d1 scholarship so let me let me read you number 30 of elliot's 32 thoughts basically talks about a merger for lack of a better term between the ncaa and chl where the ncaa coaches are being presented with the idea of offering chlers eligibility in their league post juniors so in in response to that, you had kids need to have make a decision back when we were younger at 16 if they were going to go to the OHL or decide to go and play uh, D1 college. And it was more of a risk to, to take the D1 college route if you didn't have a commitment from a school or right. So where these teams could draft you in the second round. Like I was a second rounder in the OHL, and they're like, "Are you going to the OHL, or are you going to maybe go to D D one college?" And I'm like, "No, I'm I'm 100 committed to going to the OHL." So, but at the time, I was talking to D one schools, and they're 
they're actually like making it sound really, really nice to come and play at these schools. You know, and, what's the percentage of of uh, players that play in the WHL, OHL, and Quebec Major Junior? Oh God, I would. What's percentage the percentage of-, of Canadians playing in those leagues? Ninety-five. Oh yeah. Okay, so ninety-five percent of the players that are in that league are Canadian that has never had an opportunity to play D1. Do you know how bad that's going to be for U.S. born players? It is going to kill an entire uh, generations moving forward because those 95% of kids that are playing in the OHL, WHL, and Quebec Major Junior, they've never had the opportunity to play D1. Now you're opening the doors to all of these kids that play in the best junior leagues in the world. Now you're telling me that all of those kids have an opportunity when they're done in the OHL level, which are the best kids of the age group. Now you're telling me that those are the ones that are going to get D1 scholarships. Why would a D1 team offer any scholarship whatsoever until when you can offer um, a scholarship to a 20-year-old player that has finished junior hockey who's played in the best league around. Well, the, and those the, are going to be last, Canadian kids. The, the, uh, there was an interesting thought added in here just about, um, so the CHL t- uh, seems to be very much in favor of it, which would make sense. Okay. Absolutely. That's a massive draw that saves because you have I mean. to understand that saves that saves you, junior hockey. Cause you have to understand that Canadian kids, if they don't make it in quotations by the time they're 19, at the end of their 19, a lot of these kids quit hockey. They just go well, play what? for, um, you know, they just play for fun and, and just enjoy themselves. They go, they go to university in well, Canada. It doesn't, it doesn't force them to sign in the colonial hockey league or the United hockey league or the East coast hockey league to continue. It forces them to focus on their grades during junior, because now there's a chance to go over and play in the U S at U S college. There's, I mean, my approach to junior hockey would have been completely different had I known that that D one would be a fallback when I was an over major in the OHL. I knew I was playing in the NHL. (laughs) It's just insane. And I know you're being funniest, but it's insane to think that we're at this point. It's insane to think that after all these years of that stupid rule of the ineligibility for college, um, if you go to an OHL training camp, it, it was, I mean, you they hung that over players' heads for years. Yep. But here, there's an added element to this. Let me it finish. would greatly benefit it, Canadian hockey yes, players. Now, greatly. But there's an added, added element to this. So as I was saying, the CHL seems to be very much in favor of this. The NCAA, it depends who you talk to. There are some coaches who feel very strongly they are winning the battle against the CHL and see this as an unnecessary concession. There are others who support it and others simply asking, where uh, where do we think the best players will end up if this happens? That's a great question. Macklin Celebrini doesn't come to be you at 17 if he knows he can come come there at 18 or 19 when he might be in the NHL anyway you're wrong that's where i think i okay. think celebrini will go 
to D1 hockey because it's a higher level than the WHL. Like I said before, you're going to be playing against 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24 okay. year olds. He, well, he made the choice to go to, he made the choice to go play against men, not boys. This changes everything in hockey. It'll hurt well, the U S would it hold on a second. There are smaller universities that are less competitive because they're not the BU's, they're not the Michigan's, they're not the big high-profile schools, you know. And a school, let's take a Penn State for for example, or even an Arizona State University. Do you know how many of these kids in the OHL are going to play three years in the OHL and say, "I'm going to go fucking play four years at Arizona State," and and, and get be, their education paid for? Yes, this could be massive, massive for, for maybe maybe school expansion. It would be massive. The quality of hockey for D1 now, let's think about the business side of it. The NCAA hockey brand, product, overall parity, competitiveness, TV rights, sales. It's it could there is a massive positive to this. Yes. D1 hockey would be 10 times better than what it's been in in the generations because you're getting basically the top kids from Canada, the most elite players from Canada will now have the opportunity to come to D1 at age 20 years old. You, I you will see, have the it, best it comes players. Down. Sorry, go ahead, finish. You you will you will have the best players at age 20, 21, 22, 23 playing D1 hockey. You will have the best players in the world playing D1 hockey. The league would be insane how good it would be. But it would also, I think, you would have a lot of American, top-end American players that would go play in the CHL, the WHL, OHL, Quebec Major Junior. You would have American, all the top American players would go there play their first number of years until they're 19, probably get drafted into the NHL, the top guys. And the guys that don't can still fall back on that U.S. scholarship. So it's going to make the OHL stronger. It's going to make the CHL stronger because you're going to have a lot more American-born players that don't want to lose their eligibility. So they're going to go to the CHL. I believe that. There's going to be a vote. Yeah, there's going to be a vote. Well, I I'd think be it's surprised bene- if that I, I went can through. See benefits. I can see benefits for both sides. And what did you just say? I said uh, I'd be surprised if that went through. I'd be surprised if the the U.S. colleges would allow this. The last paragraph of this thought he says there would be an enormous ripple effect across minor junior hockey in both countries and the ncaa does not move quickly but it sounds like a vote could could be held this spring or summer jeff merrick also mentioned the current top prospect event listen to this the current top prospect event will be replaced with a two-game series between CHL players and opponents opponents 
based in the United States. So it's clear the picture is on everyone's radar. So it sounds to me, if I have this right, you'll have the CHL top prospects playing against opponents based in the United States top prospects. So Celebrini, who's a Canadian kid, will be playing against CHL players if he were to play in that game at all. Or would he play for his home country? No, it's no, it's it's not. Country. So it's just basically it, it's the it's the CHL players against the 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 players all the rest the states. of the all the rest of the the North American. Well, where uh, do the where do the Europeans fit into this? Because there's a large number of Europeans that play in the CHL and yes, those in the United States. The CHL top. It's not based on country, Craig. It's not country. It's not Canada, U.S. It's CHL. So if okay. you have a Russian kid who's ranked number one overall in the NHL draft, yeah. he he will play for we'll play the for the CHL. CHL. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Now it now if now whether or not that game happens with a Celebrini in it, but either way, going forward, it would make for a very interesting game. It would make for a very interesting game. It would definitely think the stakes would be higher because the CHL guys are going to want to prove to the the rest of the guys that are going to U.S. college or the USHL that the CHL is better better league. So something to keep an eye on. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, exciting, it's fascinating, isn't it? Isn't this it's scary for for certain kids and 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 how the path to get to your destination and whatever you want to do? It's just, I mean, I find I find hockey just so exhausting. Uh, you know, in in youth hockey, it's just crazy. Um, the dedication that you have to put in to try and give yourself at least an opportunity um, to move forward in this game because it it is so insanely competitive right now. I've I've never seen anything like it. The the two words that Elliot used to describe the reaction is fascinating or are fascinating and illuminating which are the perfect words because this has been a conversation amongst players for years about why this has not been allowed so to see this coming to the forefront is just it feels like there's a a major change coming to hockey and i don't know i still can't decide if it's for better or for worse and that'll do it for this episode of Side Notes presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close.